This episode is also brought to you by Oddmo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. <laughs> With an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast. <laughs> if it would hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. It, it, it... I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Welcome to Now Hear This Canby Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clawson, and this is what's happening this week in our community. The Canby Beer Library, an ambitious effort by the Oregon City Brewing Company team to transform the public library, the former public library building, on North Holly Street into a brew pub, community gathering space, and food cart pod, has just hit an odd snag or two but is still moving forward toward a hopeful grand opening later this year. Hey, it's not like somebody's going to charge like a library late fee. (laughs) Sorry, Frankie makes me do this. Bryce Morrow, owner of OC Brewing and the mastermind of the Canby Project, having purchased the 10,000 square foot building in December of 2021 for $500,000 and a $100,000 promissory note, scrapped earlier plans to bring the town its first rooftop bar due to the astronomical engineering and construction costs. Instead, in light of the fact that the Canby City Council in May of 2022 amended its municipal code to allow food carts and pods, Morrow and his team opted to make what he called one final pivot. According to revised design shared with The Current, that pivot will include turning a sizable chunk of the old library's indoor space into outdoor space in the form of a fenced patio for eight independently owned and operated food carts connected by a 3,100 square foot timber canopy. The setup is similar to what Morrow has successfully piloted at the flagship Oregon City location, which features nine food carts offering a wide variety of food choices to pair with the more than 30 tap beers that are brewed on site. The remaining interior space on the building's south side will be preserved for a tap room and seating, restrooms and brewery companies barrel aging program with 120 or more barrels, Morrow said. Morrow submitted the revised project's 
pre-application to the Canby Planning Department in October and met with Canby Fire, Public Works and Planning, Canby Utility and DirectLink officials the following month. The team submitted its permit application, design review submission and other documents to the planning office in December and hopes to be heard before the Canby Planning Commission in the coming weeks. Morrow is also expected to give an update to the Canby City Council, which agreed to sell him the formerly city-owned property on Wednesday. We are hopeful our design review submission will make the Planning Commission schedule for January, Morrow said in an email last month. If we get the blessing from Planning Commission, we will break ground in spring 2023 with an anticipated opening date in late 2023. The Canby Area Chamber of Commerce is again in search of a leader. After parting ways with new CEO Tracy Zawaki after two months on the job, Zawaki, a former interior design and luxury furniture executive from Utah, was announced as the new head of the chamber on Monday, November 21st. She first introduced herself to the chamber members the following month, speaking briefly during the organization's annual holiday luncheon on December 6th at the Cutsforth's Old Town Hall. But the current learned that the Canby Area Chamber Board of Directors decided to part ways with their new executive last week, which was confirmed by staff and a January 16th email to members. The email offered no explanation for the board's decision. As some of you may have heard, the chamber has recently parted ways with former executive director Tracy Zawaki. The email began. As we move forward, we want to assure you that our focus is on providing value to our members, growing as an organization and planning for a robust 2023. The email from staff noted that the chamber board also held its annual retreat last week in which they held officer nominations, reviewed committees and planned for 2023. During this meeting, the board discussed interim solutions to address chamber needs at this time of transition and will be implementing these strategies in the weeks ahead, the email said. The message concluded by encouraging members to take advantage of opportunities to serve on committees, attend trainings and educational seminars, and plug into chamber activities. If you are a new member or haven't been to an event in some time, we encourage you to attend, it said. We take pride in being an organization that brings together community leaders, city officials, business owners, and citizens. This will continue with our monthly luncheons, social events, and Good Morning Canby. For more information about the Canby Area Chamber, visit canbyareachamber.com. Freshman Republican Representative James Heeb of Canby this week announced the bills he has sponsored so far in the new season, which would limit abortion, greatly increase the earnings threshold for the state's corporate activity tax, 
and expand healthcare coverages for donated breast milk, along with other things. I'm excited to begin work to improve the lives of Oregon's families, parents, children, workers, business owners, military, and law enforcement, and people of faith, Eve said in the news release. We are here to serve you, the people of Oregon. I am especially excited to be serving with my incredibly talented and passionate colleagues in the House Republican Caucus, many of them newer lawmakers like myself who are eager to serve our neighbors and constituents along with our dedicated, experienced leadership. In the 82nd legislative session, which officially began Tuesday, Hebe has sponsored legislation that would prohibit early term after the 37th week of gestation, full term 39th week, and late term abortion 40th week, with exceptions for rape, incest, or to preserve the life of the mother. Expand healthcare insurance coverage to include donated human breast milk for infants 12 months or younger if prescribed by a licensed medical professional, also known as Zavian's Law. Increase the corporate activity tax threshold in Oregon businesses, currently set at $1 million to $10 million or $15 million. Expand all-terrain vehicle highway access routes to include country roads. Prohibit local governments from including lands used for golf courses in their inventories of buildable lands for the purpose of urban planning. Allow accessory dwelling units, ADUs, on rural residential lots by reducing the lot size minimum requirement currently set at two acres to one acre or one half acre. Heeb, who is a U.S. Marine Corps Iraq War veteran, former vice chair of the Canby Planning Commission and director of an elderly learning center in Wilsonville, will serve on the House's Early Childhood and Human Services Committee and the Emergency Management, General Government, and Veterans Committee. In the release, Heeb also shared four key priorities of the session for the House Republican Caucus, of which he is a member. Prioritizing fiscal responsibility, addressing housing, homelessness, and mental health, supporting law enforcement and increasing community safety, and protecting rural Oregon and its natural resource economy. Massive traffic delays hit the Interstate 5 corridor in Willamette Valley Monday after an overturned semi-truck blocked all northbound lanes at milepost 282, two miles south of Wilsonville. The Aurora Fire District responded to the scene just after 10.30 a.m. and tweeted that the truck crashed and was blocking the roadway near the French Prairie Rest Area. No one was injured in the crash, Oregon State Police reported, and the cause is being investigated. By 4.15 p.m., the Oregon Department of Transportation said only one northbound lane remained closed. Transportation officials still warned of backups and delays on northbound I-5 and recommended taking alternative routes if possible. For the most up-to-date information on road conditions, visit tripcheck.com or call 511.
Cougar Country Hometown Sports Coverage is brought to you by Rife and Huntsaker PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Canby is trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country or and Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. Watch out, Cougars. There's a new basketball team at Canby High School. It's called Unified Basketball, and it's giving athletes with intellectual disabilities the opportunity to experience the joy and camaraderie of high school athletics. The new program is a partnership between the OSAA and Oregon Special Olympics. More than 1.4 million people take part in Unified Sports worldwide, with ESPN serving as a global presenting sponsor since 2013. But the idea to bring it to Canby initially came from the athletic director, Ben Weingar. As activities director and leadership advisor, J.D. Bellum explains, As soon as he mentioned it, I was excited to be part of such a great program, Bellum recalled. With the full support of CHS and all its resources, we set out to get this program started. Inclusivity is something we've always worked towards at CHS. Unified sports felt like just one step in that direction. The Special Olympics-inspired program teams up high school students with intellectual disabilities known as the athletes with non-intellectually disabled students called partners. First, Bellum went to special education teachers, Jen Chaffee and, and Katie Brown, about what the program entailed and discussed how to get things started. Bellum serves as head coach of the team, which practices during a fifth period physical education class headed by Bellum and PE teacher and head baseball coach JJ Stolzig. All in all, our time together as a team has been nothing but fun, Bellum said. Our practices are fast paced and exciting. I see lots of smiles in our athletes' faces every day. It's something I'm very proud to be a part of. Working with the team really is the highlight of my day. As for Bellum himself, he believes the experience will be just as unforgettable unforg for him as it is for the athletes. This is definitely an experience I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, he said. I've never seen such joy and excitement. In just a couple of weeks together, I've seen real bonds forming between the athletes and their partners. I can't wait for our first game. Canby's unified team currently boasts 25 students, which includes 15 athletes and 10 partners. At unified basketball games, three athletes will take the floor along with two of their partner teammates. Outside of that, it's a regular Canby high basketball game at the main gymnasium with officials, scorekeeping, cheerleaders, fans in the stands, the works. Canby's first ever unified basketball game was held in the main gym Tuesday with Canby defeating Westland 48-36. For photos, find this story on CanbyFirst.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at CanbyCurrent. taking stock, a time for self-reflection, a time for change, at least for most of us, but not for direct link. You see, while many New Year's resolutions tend to revolve around change, direct links is to stay the same 
and to continue to provide the same exceptional member experience and quality reliable service that they've been providing for nearly 120 years. In fact, in 2021 and again in 2022, over 92% of DirectLink subscribers said they would recommend our local communications cooperative services to someone else. That's pretty impressive compared to other internet providers on the West Coast, which average just 70% in customer satisfaction rating. Today, more than 8 out of every 10 DirectLink members have been converted to a fiber connection, the most advanced method of internet data delivery available. This technology positions Canby for the future and supports lightning fast download and supersonic upload speeds, low latency for online gaming, bandwidth for multiple video streams, and crystal clear voice calls. For more information or to subscribe to our local communications cooperative services, visit www.directlink.coop internet or give them a call at 503 266 All right, joining us on the Cami Conversation today, we're so delighted to be welcoming back Steve Nelson. He's the Director of Development at the Candy Center. Hey, Steve. Hi. Good How you doing? You. I'm really good. You don't look tired at all. Things haven't been going crazy over here. Loving life. Things are crazy, <laughs> and I'm loving it. <laughs> um, well, uh, as as folks know, and, and people listen to this, we had Ray on uh, late last year to talk about uh, some of this. Um, but uh, there is something huge coming down the pike here at the Candy Center, the biggest expansion in the history of the nonprofit. Yeah, we are just so excited to be on the home stretch yeah. of the fundraising for this new building that's yeah. going to expand our uh, reach in yeah. the community. Yeah, so the big news, um, hopefully this week or in the next couple of weeks, um, is this kind of what you guys are calling the public phase of the campaign starting. As you mentioned, it's kind of that last leg, that last 10%, of which is incredible that you've gotten to this point of uh, the total campaign goal is what? Yeah, the total campaign is $8 million. Okay. And we have raised uh, almost 7.2 of that already. Wow. So these are commitments made. Uh, over 60% of that money comes from individuals here in Canby. Yeah. And, uh, Love what we're doing and yeah. want to be uh, participating in it. Yeah, so. yeah. How do like how do you even say those numbers without like <laughs> you know when we first double check it? Like, wait, did I mean to say million? Like <laughs> <laughs> when we first uh, launched that number and we first started talking about it, it looked like Mount Everest. Yeah, you know, like we were never gonna get there. Yeah hard to even picture getting there yeah and yet uh in yeah. the 18 months since be honest, this isn't wall street over here like this is no <laughs> no as a you rural community are, you guys are street level you know doing that kind of work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it just shows that uh, what we are doing is uh, making a difference here mm-hmm. and also that uh, those who see that yeah. want to help and yeah. they have compassion for uh for our community. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know I've heard from you and, and Ray's kind of talked about this as well. The, uh, obviously, you know, you we're at about 90%, as you mentioned. Um, the public phase isn't really about 
raising money, right? I mean, obviously that's a component of it. Uh, folks want to, uh, you know, join in this work, but 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 really, there's so much more to kind of involving the community at this stage. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know the the project itself is going to be visual. It's a building. Mm. It's you know bricks and mortar and yeah. all of that, uh, but. Really, the long-term impact that we are uh, expecting to make has to do with alleviating poverty. It can be. And this new facility is going to allow us to do a much bigger and better job of that in our community. Uh, So in order to do that and to do it well, we need all of the community to be involved and to be participating in whatever way they can, whether that's through uh, donations, Mm -hmm. might be through volunteering. But uh, there are so many different ways to connect with helping people through the Camden Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Tell us just a little bit more about the the need for the expansion here. Sure, sure. (laughs) So we have uh, in Canby about 2,000 residents who are living at or below the poverty level. Yeah. And so uh, a big uh, portion of that group are what I would call working poor. Hmm. These are people who are doing everything they know to do and can do to meet the needs of their families, but it's just not quite enough. And what we uh, do at the Canby Center is help individuals move forward by giving them some of the basic needs, Mm -hmm. meeting some of those for them for a period of time. Uh, And then we, uh, through strengthening relationships, help them find a pathway forward to a more self-sustaining life. Yeah. That's really the work that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's having uh, an impact. It's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a model that's different than yeah. just throwing money at a problem. Yeah. Uh, it's a model that um, that really makes a difference for people. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've seen, um, you know, inflation and uh, high gas prices and all kinds of things just exacerbate uh, the struggles, uh, sort of even widen that gap for uh, working poor in our community uh, to where maybe they were just scraping by and then the chasm just widened. Boy, that's a great way to say it, too, because we do see uh, people who, you know, they were year ago just Just getting by and, you know, fighting through it and all of that. But now with the dollars being less valuable, it's harder for them to to get by. And, um, you know, there's plenty of work out there, but... uh, Jobs that pay enough for a family to live on right. are a little bit harder to find. Right, right, and that's can be kind of the trade-off. Where, well, if I have to, if I can can work, but I have to pay a babysitter or a nanny or a daycare, you know, and then that's eating into my wages. Is it really? Sometimes it doesn't quite pencil. When you when you uh, think about it in those terms, some of the choices these families are having to make are yeah. really really uh, painful. Yeah. Like a choice between am I feeding my family or am I Medicine. providing health care? Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, am I going to work or am I staying at home to take care of my kids? Yeah. And uh, sometimes working that out is a real, uh, real challenge for a family to get by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more. And again, because we're launching this uh, public phase soon. Um, about the importance of the community's involvement and the work that you do here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, we have participation here from a whole wide range of uh, 
organizations and uh, people. So churches are involved in helping us. We yeah. have businesses involved in helping us. Uh, a lot of individuals who uh, either volunteer here or contribute. But um, what's the uh, one of the beautiful things to me about the Canby Center is this wide reach of community involvement. Yeah. Like people who live here know about the Canby Center. They yeah. know that if they're running into someone who needs some help, mm-hmm. they know where to send them. Yeah. Uh, if they want to give back and to serve in some way, they have a place to do that. Yeah. And they can come to the Canby Center to do that. Uh, and then also, you know, as far as the financial piece, um, dollars are well stewarded here. We yeah. make the most out of the gifts that are given, and they have immediate impact in yeah. uh, in our community. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, the the public phase of the campaign and kind of what it will entail? There's going to be uh, weekly updates, social media posts, uh, Canby Center uh, Facebook. There's a blog that's launching, I believe. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's going to be a, a lot of publicity yeah. about what's going on as yeah. we wrap this up. So the things that you mentioned will be part of it. Uh, there'll be um, things happening in print. Mm-hmm. There'll be uh, television stations carrying stories about the Canby Center. Yeah. Uh, there will be regular updates on social media mm-hmm. about our progress, and we uh, can't wait to share that uh, that progress as it goes yeah. on. Yeah. Over the next 90 days uh, is when all that's going to happen. Um, in addition to that, we uh, just want to invite everyone who wants to to come see what the Canby Center is about. Right. Come take a tour. Uh, there will be several open houses during oh, cool. that period. Yeah. Well, we'll open our doors and uh, invite people to come in and yeah. uh, take a tour and hear a little bit more about the specifics on this project. Yeah. Uh, so over the next 90 days, uh, that's what's going to be happening. Yeah. And kind of culminating, right, with a, a, a banquet? Yes. Yeah. Right. So um, April 15th, tax day, is our <laughs> planned uh, fundraising dinner, Yeah. Uh, which will be um, hopefully that event that gets us over the top yeah. so that we can celebrate. Yeah. Everyone uh, will have the refunds at that point, hopefully. Right. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make a make a uh, donation that you can write off for next year's taxes. Uh, Everyone <laughs> hearing this works. message should do that. I mean, really. <laughs> um, very cool. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the Canby Center on Facebook. Uh, org is the website. Yes. And you can hear uh, specific information about the building project yeah. on our website by uh, selecting the building uh, menu option. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, have you heard from, uh, you know, obviously you work with a lot of the, the donors and uh, what have you kind of heard from them about their excitement about this project or their reason for, for signing on to support it? You know, uh, the, uh, the buzz is really big uh, yeah. and it's been uh, encouraged by some recent uh, foundation commitments that we have received. Yeah. Uh, a while ago we heard about the Murdoch Foundation for awesome. $600,000. Uh, in November, we were awarded $250,000 from the Ford Family Foundation. Awesome. Uh, and we also got a word late in November from the Epping Family Foundation out of Salem that they're going to uh, support us with an additional $200,000 yeah. uh, added to the $100,000 that they gave us during this last year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's exciting because yeah. uh, larger organizations that want to have an impact 
yeah. uh, are seeing that they will have an impact if yeah. they give to the Canby Center. Yeah. And I think that's providing some of the motivation even mm-hmm. for individuals mm-hmm. who might be on the fence about, you know, I have money to invest and I really yeah. want to make an impact. Yeah. Where should I do it? When you see um, a large foundation supporting work like ours yeah. at that level, it gives you uh, confidence right. that those uh, dollars will be well, right. well right. invested. Right. And it's that momentum, right, uh, of, you know, we're raising $8 million and we've raised, you know, more than 90% of it at this point as opposed to we're raising $8 million and we've already raised, you know, 1000 right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't... It feels like you were saying that mountain, almost insurmountable if you're, yeah, asking people to support at that point. It's, yeah. yeah. We're not just starting the ascent. <laughs> yeah. We are... Exactly. We have the top in mind. We can see it. And yeah, we're more working towards it. Yeah, the um, the building and the renderings and, and folks listening uh, may have already seen them. If if not, uh, you know, like you mentioned on, on your website, and we've got a couple of stories on canbyfirst.com as well. Um, it just looks great. I'm really excited. You know, it, it's it's an incredible kind of redesign and obviously major expansion, uh, tripling the the space here. Mm-hmm. Lots of light. Lots of very. Um, uh, very inviting and warm. I know that was really important to not make it sort of institutional and kind of because um, uh, that's such a huge part of what you guys do here, that kind of uh, restoring dignity idea yeah. uh, of making it very uh, kind of almost like going over to someone's home as opposed to, you know, a government facility or some type of uh, thing like that. But all of that was to say, um, you know, I really get the sense from you and from a lot of the folks here and, and from supporters as well um, that there's just so much excitement uh, because it is all about the work here. The, the, the work, as you've seen, uh, as you said, you have seen to be effective and make an impact on people and just the ability to do uh, more of that, both in just raw uh, uh, scope, uh, amount of numbers that you can serve, but also different things mm-hmm. that you'll be able to do uh, with more space and more dedicated space. Yeah, yeah, I think that... Um The key here is that uh, this facility is going to allow us to uh, continue to renew dignity for people. When you think about it, if you're going somewhere to receive help, per se, Mm -hmm. uh, and you get some help, but you leave feeling less of a person than when you walked in the door, that's not a good thing. Uh, our mission here is about, um, yes, providing the help and those basic needs that people need, but encouraging them through the relationships and through their experience here to uh, move forward in their yeah. lives. And, uh, you know, so this new building is going to allow us to, like, for example, our Thriving Together program, yeah. which is one of the, the key programs we have here. Uh, we have about 300 families that are involved yeah. in that program right now. Uh, with the new facility, we'll be able to serve 500 to 600 families uh, a month yeah. uh, in that. And the need is there. Yeah. There are people who would uh, benefit from what's happening at the Canby Center if they knew about it and had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're pretty maxed out yeah. uh, with the space that we have yeah. in, uh, in meeting that need. The educational programs, there's going to be dedicated classroom space. So, you know, we have several different finance type classes that we offer now Mm -hmm. uh, that are meeting a very important educational need for people. There are other kinds of classes that we could bring into the mix and will bring into the mix in the new facility. I know one big thing.
something that I don't think you have here, maybe just on a really small scale, uh, but a, a job center. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Be able that to, to look for work, apply for jobs, things like that for folks that don't have consistent or reliable uh, computer access. Yeah. Think about what the the impact of that will be when yeah. we have it here in our community. Yeah. Uh, managed by local people who can provide help making yeah. resumes. Yeah, uh, you know, doing the things that uh, it takes to get a better-paying job. Yeah, as opposed to you know finding transportation to go to, you know, wherever. Yeah, uh, to get some government uh, program help. Yeah, um, we we feel like this is going to be a huge benefit to those we serve. Yeah, yeah. Um, not being involved in the work like you guys are, I know um, uh, more from from an outsider's perspective, but uh, I think it, it's kind of a common um, and almost a sort of hopeless feeling of of uh, you know as a state, as a nation, we're spending more to fight poverty and to fight homelessness than we ever have before, and it just seems like the pro- we're like not making any progress as a Overall, you know, yeah. Um, do you feel like one of the uh, kind of weaknesses in the the general approach to kind of more monetary compensation or handout, if you want to say that uh, type of approach, is a little bit of what you were talking about earlier that it um, uh, it, it can uh, you know whatever word you want to use, but kind of dehumanize um, uh, a person. It, it doesn't necessarily. Uh, lead to, well, obviously independence, a sense of personal responsibility, self-sufficiency. Would you say that? Yeah, I think when you look at um, the historical perspective of poverty here uh, in the United States, you know, Lyndon Johnson declared war on poverty in the 60s and made an immediate Impact reducing the level of poverty from around 20% of that time to something like 15%. Yeah. But we've maintained that level of poverty for over 60 years now. Yeah. And so um, we've spent $22 trillion during that time mm-hmm. uh, throwing money at the problem. And yeah. these programs are providing some help to some people. Sure. Yeah. But they're also... Uh, Enabling some families to continue in poverty over generations. Yeah. So I think that the the primary need uh, that people have to move out of poverty, to move forward with a self-sustaining life, has to do with relationships and a plan yeah. to help them move forward. And that's really what they find here at the Canby Center. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful change mm-hmm. in many of their lives. Um, and we connect them with the resources to move forward. Yeah. And when it happens, it's a beautiful thing. And it happens a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Steve, thanks so much for your time. Uh, really excited about the capital campaign and the expansion project. Um, really looking forward to, to learning more and sharing more as this uh, continues. So uh, definitely, folks, stay tuned to our channels and the Campy Center on social media and their website and um, support it if you can. Yeah. Thanks so much. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, 
even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim? So their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. No, we're not at a rock concert. We are at the Canby Music Store. Yeah, it's kind of a rock concert. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, owner Brian Haynes, as always, is with us. Hey, Brian. Hello. We're going to come back to talking about why we did the intro like that, but we want to introduce the uh, newest associate here. Cody. Hi, Cody. Hi, how's it going? How are you? Doing pretty good. What's your last name? McEldowney. Cody McEldowney. That's yes. a great name. Cody Joseph William McEldowney. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't decide. Oh, man. John Jacob, you going to have Exactly. Um, like everyone who works here, are you a musician as well? Yes, I am. I am a drummer. I've been playing for about 15 years. Awesome. I play in a band in Oregon City called The Sonic Splits. Cool. That's yeah. a great band name. Yeah. What kind of band are you guys? Uh, just like a rock and roll band. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. How did you get how did this all come to happen um i was scrolling instagram uh, <laughs> usually don't do it but it happened to be one day that i was and did you uh, slide into brian's dms i did i actually did a rare instagram post from candy Vision. yeah i saw it and said musicians want it and i've been going to school for music technology for uh-huh. about two years at that point yeah and so figured Give it a shot. Yeah. Know, I was working at a Winco and I hated that. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> anything's better than this. So you do your band, but you've never sort of done music professionally as far as like lessons or things um, like that before? I've, I've been playing drums and I've played bar gigs. Yeah, I've yeah, played well, for, yeah. for comedy acts. I'll do the, the badum, badum bump. Yeah, and just pretty Rim much shot. get drunks to be quiet because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can always play louder than That's them. That's an important skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've loved yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, no, I've uh, done a couple like live sound things, nice. just like running boards, but never any like actual job paying me other than two free drinks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How long have you been here at Can Be Music? Uh, about six months. Maybe even seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So not even that new anymore. Yeah. You went yeah. through the craziness of the holidays and all that. So. Yeah. 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 What do you think of it? Oh, it's it's great. Yeah. This this is a like best job like scenario, best case scenario that mm. I could ask for. Really, yeah. it's just I get to play drums every day. Yeah. And then Brian paid really for it boss. as you said, yeah, exactly. which is nice. Always nice. I'm paid way more than just <laughs> splitting a hundred dollars with five people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I'll say that 
not only him, but everybody, including me here, has never worked in a music store before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, a lot of the uh, employees here, Brian, sort of have like a different kind of specialty or area focus. Does Cody have a, a certain kind of right. house? So um, since, since he's a, a drummer, yeah. um, he has taken over the, the drum he, he makes the drunks be quiet? No, that, <laughs> that doesn't work as well here. <laughs> but, but I used to do the drum lessons, and then we had Christian do it. Them, but but, mm. but neither of us considered that our first instrument. Yeah, where, the, where, where percussion is is, is his uh, first instrument. So uh, he's doing all that, and actually, since he he has uh, more experience working in in retail places, that it is afforded us to actually start paying more attention to the retail and he is now ordering the products, uh, being the retail manager, uh, pricing everything and uh, ringing up everybody and it's uh, kind of like instead of whoever was just kind of available at that yeah. moment, you, you know, yeah. like he's actually uh, taking it over. Yeah, yeah. How is that? Teaching beginner students on drums you have to have like the patience of a oh no it's, it's wonderful <laughs> is honestly. it yeah it's pretty easy to start someone out on drums mm. there's specific songs that are just like you're either counting to three or counting to four yeah that's really all a drummer is is counting yeah. to four because they're probably the more timid when they're first starting yeah. out they're it's, not as horrific as exactly yeah, it's, it's just I'm kind of keeping a timing yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be more scared of teaching a brass instrument than teaching drums yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely um, and you were mentioning before we started recording, Brian, that you needed more bodies and more hours because the lessons are just continuing to blow right. up as they have been. Yeah, we um, have started a waiting list. Um, especially for the first for time. Our, I mean, we've had waiting lists in the past. Okay. But, but I mean, we never with this many people working here in the amount of rooms, you know. Um, so, yeah, we've added some more hours to the evening to start to accommodate that. And um, one employee that was just part-time, she's now becoming full-time as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so those are going really good. Of course, all our rentals and, and repairs. But um, with the addition of Fender, to allude to the next part, yeah, yeah. Um, the retail is really picking up, and it's really exciting to have such an iconic brand in here. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. What are you so excited about to have Fender here? So what, what Fender so was always the missing piece. Mm. Um, when we, They make guitars, I think. I, I've oh, heard yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make guitars and amps. Yes. Um, and but so yeah, the so iconic rock guitar they, maker. They ba so like bass guitars, they basically invented the, the electric mm. bass guitar. They were yeah. the first ones that produced it. They were yeah. one of the first ones with, with electric guitars. So... Um, everybody knows what they are. People come in here, you know, and, and they know the product line better than we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes because uh, uh, there's just so much, you, you know, that people are into with it. Uh, but we were supposed to be a Fender dealer back when we opened the store. Mm. But because of COVID. Um, and, Open the store here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, but because. Did you not have the space over there? Was that the issue or? Yeah. So. I had already been talking to him, and we had our order all placed and ready to go for when we moved in over here. Yeah. But uh, because of everybody being out of stock of everything, yeah. they, they pulled the plug on us. A new. Yeah. All new dealers. Yeah. Yeah. And that just went on and on and on. Yeah. But now we're finally a dealer, and um, it, it feels good. Yeah. They, they they have so much stuff that, that people want, and, uh, you know, they're, they're a West Coast company yeah they make stuff in the u.s yeah you know that's everything that i 
Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I mean, just to look like you do, you just kind of look at that guitar and the shape, it's just iconic Defender. If, yeah. if you ask somebody and to draw colors. an electric guitar, they would draw, <laughs> they would draw a Fender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. The, um, the dealer process, is it pretty involved? Do they uh, yeah, yeah. So they don't, through the gauntlet? Yeah, so they don't want, you know, they want dealers that carry the whole line. Yeah. Um, so they won't let you... You can't become a dealer and just order a couple things. Yeah. You either have to go all in or mm. they're not interested. Yeah. Um, and they just want people that are really committed to it and, and representing everything that they have. Yeah. And yeah. So, they want you to really take the fenders off to get the fenders in. That was going to be impossible to deal with because there wasn't enough room. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, what does it look like here at Camby Music? How many kind of different lines are there? What can people find here? Yeah, so as far as electric guitars are concerned, there's there's three levels. There is the Made in USA. Mm-hmm. There's the Player Series, which is made in their Mexican factory. Yeah. And then there's the Squire, which is all the, the Asian import stuff. Um, and the price reflects those. So you have, like, you know, your high dollar, your mid-range, yeah. and your lower. And then they have a, a, a pretty big line of acoustic guitars as well. Okay. And then something that I think doesn't get talked about as as much is their amps mm-hmm. they are actually one of the biggest amp manufacturers and you know yeah. even though everybody thinks of the guitars but uh many of their amps are just as iconic as the right guitars. right yeah yeah and you need need one to do the other <laughs> yeah you gotta plug it into something um have you kind of cut back on some of your other uh product lines a little bit to make room for there there was a brand that, that that's in here that we it was just kind of like a placeholder yeah there was nothing wrong with it it's yeah. just that they only made student instruments yeah you know they didn't make anything better than a 200 hundred dollar guitar yeah and so um that's going Going away because Fender also makes the two hundred dollar, yeah. you know, a student model yeah. guitar, yeah. Um, and so that that brand's going to go away. Uh, but other than that, we still have Breedlove. You know, that's an Oregon yep. company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have Deering banjos. We still have Kali ukuleles and Casio keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fender was the missing link. Yeah. And now it really feels like it's it's everything is where it's supposed to be in here yeah yeah awesome and you said the word started to get out there people were, were pretty excited customers mm-hmm. were to see finally <laughs> yep, yep they're coming in and checking it out and uh, we're offering in-store payment plans so people um can you know choose six six months or 12 months and, yeah and it's all through us it's not like a third party either. yeah 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 Cody, Cody's still here. Um, <laughs> being a musician, yeah. um, you probably you're a drummer, but uh, can you kind of speak to how important Fenders are to uh, people who do play the guitar for uh, musicians? Oh yeah, because it's just such an iconic name. Yeah, they just and the sounds of them, everyone just loves Fenders. Yeah. Everyone knows what a Telecaster or Stratocaster is if you're playing a guitar. Yeah. Have you ever been in a band that somebody doesn't have a Fender guitar? No. Yeah. <laughs> they at least have one Fender. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 It's always there. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, anything else? Uh, no, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Canby Music on all the um, all the social medias, uh, Instagram, as Cody will tell you, uh, <laughs> they do occasionally post on there. Yeah. Facebook and CanbyMusic.com. Thanks, Brian, and yeah. thanks, Cody. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in uh, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. 
after sports and the crazy wacky pizza that we have every wednesday that we create and we also have a special guest every week as well and i'm gage odd pod senior sports analyst gage who gave you that title me oh boy find us on spotify and apple music and the pod bean Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe. And we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.